Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. You're listening to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is part three of our interview with Linda Crisp. So, finally, after long, for all of this, I know that Congressman Mark Meadows got involved. And I know that he had a a hearing or some kind of a uh, discussion or investigation in Waynesville several months ago, or very actually re- more recently than that. What was the upshot of all that? Uh, okay, December the eighth, we had a hearing uh, before the NC House Select Committee, and Tom Tillis organized that group, and it was chaired by Roger, or co-chaired, I guess, by Roger West, and the purpose of that meeting was, basically, they were talking about entrapment, and so several of us were able to speak that day, um, our lawyers, and some, I spoke, and uh, some more of the people that had been affected by this, and Roger West wanted a list of all the things they had taken from all, all these men. No one had gotten anything back, and they'd had it almost two years. And so we got our things back, although they were destroyed. Now, there are two men who still are waiting. Uh, one, has Mitchell Jenkins has not gotten his truck back and his guns, and then a Robbie Bumgarner, they have not given his guns back. And uh, But I guess because of that hearing, uh, it led to all of our equipment and things being returned, and then when, when they gave my son, um, that's something else I want to talk about, in October, my son took the plea deal, and he was basically, well, he was given an option. He could have not taken the plea deal, and Magistrate Judge Dennis Howe would have given him time on everything that he that had been um, listed uh, against him, maybe... 30-some charges from throw, from things like throwing a water bottle down to, uh, I don't know, numerous things. And so he and his lawyer felt like it's probably best that, you know, you take this plea deal, you might just have to pay a fine. And uh, so Chad pleaded to his hunting license had expired, I think, for one day. All right, he was out hunting, and... Uh, he said they pulled out their hunting license. He said he pulled out his. He said, oh, no. He said, mine mine, mine has been dead today. I'm going to have to go get them renewed, which he did as soon as he could get to the where he got them renewed within the day or so. Well, 
Judge Howe gave him five months in prison for his hunting license that didn't expire today. And then Chad pled to uh, a charge hunting at night. And how that came about, the undercover agents, Arlen Webb, again, they'd been calling and calling. And he said on that particular evening, he didn't want to go. And they kept calling and they showed up. And they said, come on, Chad, let's ride around so we might see a deer or a hog or a bear tonight. And Chad didn't have a gun, but he went with them. And they said, well, if we see a deer or a hog or a bear, we might kill it. Well, they got out, they were out riding around, and um, Chad's friend, and his name's also Chad Birchfield, he saw him, and he got in the vehicle with him and came on home. But they charged my son with attempting to take a hog, a bear, a deer with artificial light at the same time on the same night. At the, uh, and that's how that 15 months came about. And our lawyer said that Judge Howe stacked those charges again on him. His crime was hunting at night. It was not all those different animals he was charged with killing. But um, we've got all that on the going to the Fourth Circuit, and hopefully, uh, you know, some good something good will come out of that. So, what is Mark uh, Congressman Mark Meadows doing for you? Oh, okay, Mark. Whenever, uh, back in uh, October, when all this happened, I called him, and I said, we don't know what to do. I said, we're at a point we do not know what to do. And at first he said, well, he said, I don't, he said, I don't know what to do yet. And then he called me back in a day or so, and he said, I have moved Chad's case up before the oversight committee. He said, we're looking at it. And uh, then he called and told me that, uh, that he was going to organize two hearings, one for, um, like the one we had June the 19th. And then he said that he was thinking of organizing a second meeting in D.C. where he would uh, have our lawyers, Richard Edwards, who tried these cases, uh, the U.S. attorney, uh, who was Ann Tompkins at the time, and the emails of Edwards and Hal, uh, bring, you know, get, have that brought before the oversight committee in D.C. And that still is a possibility. Um, he said that Richard Edwards told him he didn't want to go to D.C., but Mark said if things keep going like they are, he will be going. And on June the 19th, the, at the meeting, the Forest Service and the Wild and U.S. Fish and Wildlife still, you know, they had not turned in any evidence to the Oversight Committee. Mark, Mark Meadows had asked for the documents, the emails, everything they had, and they still had not turned it in. Well, we talked with him last week, and as of July the 9th, they still have not turned anything in. And he, he told us this week that, that their information would be subpoenaed. So what you've told told us is a tale of really of overt government abuse, of individual freedom, and of individual liberty. Uh, what do you have any inkling whatsoever as to why this occurred? You mentioned uh, Sergeant Chad Arnold's name. Uh, what is his involvement, or what do you, can you speculate on that, or do you have an idea? Well, he was just one of the undercover officers that that uh, I assumed that the wildlife sent up here to to do this bear sting, 
and I don't know if he, if Brian Southern, you know, asked him to come or if this was his marriage thing. I'm just not sure on that, how that came about. I just know he was one of the undercover agents, he and Davey Webb out of northern Georgia. And, uh... So at this point, things are kind of up in the air for your family still, um, but you've contacted uh, Congressman Meadows, and my my I guess that you are you feel that you might have some course of action through the Congress, through our congressman, uh, to really right what seems to be uh, kind of a wrong, don't you think? I hope so. Um, at the present. Congressman Meadows is doing a nationwide search on magistrate judges, how they give, you know, handle like if, you, if your hunting license is expired, do they give five months for that? He said that was very extreme. Uh, do magistrate judges, besides Dennis Howe, do they stack time on defendants? He's doing that search, and all, he said he would have all that information ready when my son's case goes to the Fourth Circuit of Richmond, Virginia. And when you know, is, equal justice should be equal justice. And when does that occur? Well, we don't know yet. His case has been filed for about two months, and it's my understanding they moved him through within six months or so. But if he, um, right now he's waiting to see if he gets a stay through the Fourth Circuit, and that means he does not go on and start doing his 20 months. He uh, will wait until the Fourth Circuit hears his, his case. We haven't heard from that yet. And uh, we're hoping that he, uh, you know, can stay home until his case is heard because I think it's going to make a difference in what they give him uh, rather than what Dennis Howe gave him the amount of time. If my son has to go on and start building time, he has to go this coming, he has to go uh, in next week on Thursday. And he will, and they're sending him not somewhere close by. They're sending him to Ohio. And my son has two little children. He's not going to get to see them. He's a family man. He's a good man. If they send him off, um, so we're hoping he can get a stay. And new eyes will look at this, at his charges, and see what um, you know, misjustice this has been. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum will return right after this break. Well, Linda Crisp, uh, you've told us a story that we all should be listening to. Uh, We all should be paying attention to. Because this is what happens when government gets too big for its britches. What happens is that Individual bureaucrats just get the idea that they can do whatever they want to do. They can abuse the Constitution, abuse the rights of individuals without any heed whatsoever for the rule of law. Uh, I mean, that's what it is. My husband, who is a veteran of the Vietnam War, uh, see, his, what he was charged with... um, he never got out of the boat, ever, on TVA land. But yet he was charged with, first of all, it was baiting bears because Webb had gotten in the boat with him and rode down the lake. And Webb had put a bucket of bait in the in the boat, whether my husband noticed it or not, I don't know. 
But rather than uh, fading bears, Magistrate Judge Dennis Howe, they changed it to molesting wildlife, which, you know, whatever the meaning for that would be. And it carries a stiffer sentence. So my husband never pled to anything, but Judge Howe gave him 90 days and a $2,000 fine. He said, you're a businessman and you can pay $2,000. Well, that's on appeal, too. But the fact that my husband supported the Constitution when he was called to go fight for his country, and then Richard Edwards took the jury trial away from him, and he's a veteran, and he was denied a jury trial. That is just not right. What else do you have to tell us uh, before we go? What Do you have any other information that you would like to let us in on or any other evidence uh, you would like to present? Well, just... Uh, Maybe there's um, just one email I'd like to read that we have from Richard Edwards to our lawyer. And um, this has to do with the fact that uh, Dennis Howe would not give these men any, let them pay any fines. Okay, this is dated January the 17th, 2014. It says the government, now this is Richard Edwards, the government will ask the court not to impose any incarceration sentence. Although the one year of probation is authorized by statute, Judge Howe never imposes probation on CVB cases because the U.S. Probation Office has convinced the Chief Judge to tell him not to. That's because the U.S. Probation Office doesn't get reimbursed or allowed to file for expenses involving probation CVB cases. They only get budgeted and reimbursed for supervising in felonies and misdemeanors, not petty offenses. Well, all these charges on my son and husband are petty offenses, but yet they're doing time because of this magistrate judge. And there's um, one thing that um, I would like to mention today, uh, and I'm asking anyone who's listening to this today to contact your congressman and tell him that a new law needs to be made to state that a magistrate judge cannot give active time. Giving time to a defendant should be left up to a jury, not a magistrate judge. If a defendant gets time under a magistrate judge, that person will do time in prison because that magistrate judge is judge and jury. And the, you know, if this would stop, this would all, if this happened, this would also stop prosecutors like Assistant U.S. Attorney Richard Edwards from sending cases to the lower court to get convic- a conviction when he's afraid that he will lose his case before a jury. So people just need to stand up and take notice and protect their constitutional rights because if this happened to us, you know, you could be next. I think that's really the lesson of this here. Uh, you You have cataloged for us a string of offenses which started with entrapment, a very aggressive Uh, attempts to entrap just regular people uh, into committing crimes that they probably had really no intention of of committing. But it goes way beyond that. You've told a tale in which government uh, officials, uh, bureaucratic type officials, have manufactured evidence, have uh, made, made up stories, have uh, have have 
cause people to be charged with crimes that they that they actually did not commit. Uh, and this has ensnared you and your family in a web, uh, a very costly web in which your, your business has been affected, your personal finance has been affected, your home lives have been affected, uh, the normal peace and tranquility of your lives has been adversely affected by people who really should not have the right to cause these things to happen. Uh, this, the, Your story is very distressing to me, and I'm sure it'll be distressing uh, to my listeners. And I hope that that all of you who are listening to us, contact your congressman, uh, contact your representatives, uh, pay attention to when agencies abuse the rights of individuals. This is the kind of this is the kind of activity that cannot be allowed to stand in a free society. We are a rule. We are supposed to be governed by a rule of law. That rule of law dictates how crimes, when they are committed, how people who commit crimes, how they are, uh, how they're they're attended to, how they're treated. They have rights. We have search warrant rights. We have trial by jury rights. We have rights that involve uh, lawyers and legal representation. We have rights, property rights, to prevent the theft and mutilation and destruction of personal property. All of that has been abused here in this case. And uh, Ms. Crisp is right. If we allow these things to happen, they will continue to happen. And next time, it may not be Linda Crisp and her family. Next time, it may be you or your family or your children. And that is the lesson here. We cannot allow the government to abuse its power, its power, its power that has been well-defined by the Constitution of the United States. That's what our War of Independence was about. We had the King of England who abused us in the same way that these people have abused the Chris family and other people in the Robbinsville area over this bear sting. Imagine the amount of money that has been spent. How many millions of dollars did they spend? For to what end? What end did they do? What did they what did they accomplish? All they did was harass and abuse people who were generally innocent, and ten bears were killed. That's all this this is about. It is not about the bears that were killed. It is about the abuse of power, the naked abuse of power by the federal government, by agencies of the federal government, and by a legal system which was designed to protect the innocent, not cause them uh, to suffer. And so that is my final word. And Linda Crisp, thank you so very, very much for being a guest on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Thank you for having me today. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Freedom
Thank <laughs> you. 